Hello everybody. Well, it's November and we're heavy into fall. It's beautiful still outside. Um, all the leaves have uh, turned colors and a lot of them have fallen. I guess most all of them have fallen. And it's just a wonderful time of the year. It's uh, not too cold, not too hot, and it's just beautiful. But it's also the time that an election is coming up. And have you noticed the anger and the hate and the vitriol in America? You know, we've gotten a lot of uh, political flyers in the mail, and some of them tell you what the uh, candidate uh, thinks and what policies they're for and what their what their agenda is. And but most of the mailers that we get are all about hate and anger and you know discrediting the other person, which is really sad. And the same thing is true on television. You know, if you notice, they always put up just an ugly, ugly picture of the person they're opposing and and uh, just get them in their worst light and then say some kind of smear against them that may or may not be true or may, <clears throat> may or may not be 100% true. But, you know, I don't think any of us want our country to be this way, and we certainly don't want to hand down this anger and divisive divisiveness and vitriol down to our children and grandchildren as the country that we've handed down to them. We don't want to hand, hand them this powder, powder keg that we have in the, this country right now. You know, we all, all want to live peaceful and quiet lives. We all want to, you know, be happy and content. Um, we want, want to be, have peace, be calm and be at ease in our homes and our businesses and in our neighborhoods. And did you know that God has given us a way to facilitate this? He's given us a roadmap to have peaceful and quiet lives. Did you know that? It's kind of like if you're going on a trip. You know, we recently went to the Ark Encounter, and we just put it in Google Maps, and, and you know, we had our roadmap to get there. Well, God has given us a roadmap to live peaceful and quiet lives. And it's in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, and I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. So we see here that uh, that we are to pray for our leaders with prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. So this is a command from scripture, a command from the Lord, that we are to pray for our leaders with prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. Now this is a roadmap to a peaceful and quiet life, so... Uh, this is what God tells us to do. Uh, we are to see the reason for, for these prayers is so that we can live a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness and holiness. And we see also in the scripture that it pleases God when we pray for our leaders. And we also find in this scripture that praying for our leaders is an avenue to get people saved and learn the truth about God Jesus Christ about sin and redemption. So the scripture holds a lot of keys to a lot of things. 
that uh, we want in our lives. We want people to get saved. We want to live peaceful and quiet lives. You know, I know during the last, the, the term of the last president, this scripture was read often. Christians were encouraged to pray for the former president. There were prayer meetings for him. Hands were laid on him. Email sent out, social media posts, booklets and pamphlets sent out, all uh, encouraging people to pray for him. But, you know, that Christian fervor has drained, uh, waned dramatically. That Christian fervor has waned dramatically. Why do you think that is? It's for the shallow reason that many Christians don't like the party that's in office now. It's so hypocritical to use that scripture to support praying for a leader that you like, but withdrawing that prayer, that same kind of prayer for the next leader, especially when scripture tells us to do it. When our, when our politics and our ideology become more important than the word of God, we are in serious trouble. I'm going to say that again. When our politics and our ideology become more important than the word of God, we are in serious trouble. If you look at things in the United States, one political party craves and lusts for the failure of the opposing party. That is so sad. Instead of working together in this country, we work to destroy the other party. So I'm going to say that again. Um, if you look at things in the United States, one political party craves and lusts for the failure of the opposing party. And did you, did you know that that poison bleeds into the Christians' lives and the lives of the church? When those governing our country fail, our country fails for the next four years or more, and no one is better off except those clamoring for political power in the next election. So let's take that passage that I just read about prayer for our leaders and look at it in the opposite, the opposite of what God, God's word wants and says, and see how you like that. <laughs> I urge you then, first of all, that you stop praying for kings and all those in authority when you don't like them, or better yet, pray that they were they will fail, be destroyed, and eliminated, that we may live agitated and hostile lives in all ungodliness and sin. This is not good and does not please God our Savior. So I'm going to repeat that. So if we, we refuse to pray for our leaders because we don't like them, this, is, this would be the opposite of what the scripture says. I urge you then, first of all, that you stop praying for kings and all those in authority when you don't like them, or better yet, pray that they will, will fail, be destroyed, and eliminated, that we may live agitated and hostile lives in all ungodliness and sin. This is not good and does not please God our Savior. So when you turn that scripture around to say the opposite, it, it kind of reveals a few things and is not really good, is it? Well, you might say, well, Diane, you know, you don't really understand what's at stake. At stake. You don't, you don't understand that our country is going in the wrong direction. You don't understand how evil they are. If that is the case, why aren't you praying for them all the more? I myself in my own little world have heard, have heard Christians praying for the death of those in an opposing political party. And seen on social media, Christians call those in the polit opposing political party Satan. So um, that's the opposite of praying for them, I would say. You know, I've got a news flash for you. 
When this scripture was written, there were a lot worse things going on in the government at that time, the Roman Empire. A whole lot of things worse going on then than are going on now. And Paul told Timothy to have his church pray for those in authority. So let's just look at a couple of things that were going on when this scripture was written. One of the uh, Roman emperors was Claudius, and he expelled all the Christians from Rome. So that would be like, uh, you know, the governor of, say, Missouri, expelling all the Christians from Missouri. Um, you know, we would just have to leave, leave our, our families that weren't Christians. We'd have to leave our houses, our jobs. You know, our bank accounts, our furniture, our, you know, pets, we'd have to leave everything uh, and go to a different state. That's what it was like during the reign of, reign of Claudius. Um, in Acts 18.1, Acts 18.1, it says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, uh, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So this was a horrible thing that happened. Claudius, the, the leader of Rome, caused this to happen, and it was a horrible thing for the Christians of that day. But do you know the end result of that is that Christians were spread out all over the place, and they shared the gospel far more than they would have ever done if they had stayed in Rome. So... Um, Praying for our political leaders, those in authority, we might not always get the results that we think are the best, but they may be the best in the end. Sometimes we can't see the future like the Lord does. The next Roman leader is very famous. His name was Nero. He was a very uh, bad person. Uh, now, you find with these political leaders, these horrible political leaders, they also had a lot of good points too. And you find that with any uh, political leader, they have some good points and they have some bad points. So Nero had some good points and he had some really bad points. So Nero ordered the execution of the apostles and that led to Peter and Paul's deaths. Nero had his mother stabbed to death and his wife beheaded. He kicked another wife to death while she was pregnant. So if Paul tells the church to pray for Nero, we can certainly pray for our political leaders that we don't like or we don't like their ideology. Um, none of them that we know of has had their wife beheaded. Um, he kicked another wife to death while she was pregnant. I don't know if I said that. He was so bad that Christians believed he was the Antichrist. And they thought 666 in the Bible was referring to Nero. Uh, during gladiator matches, he would feed Christians to lions, and he often lit his garden parties with the burning carcasses of Christians nailed to crosses as human torches. And when he was, uh, when Nero was in power, um, the city burned down, and he blamed it on Christians. So he lied about Christians. He he lied about Christians and accused them falsely of doing something really horrible. So these, these were two of the main leaders that were in power when Paul writes Timothy. Um, so I'm going to read this again. And you can think of this in light of Claudius and of Nero and a whole slew of other people that were in authority at that time. Just like we have in our country, 
We have the president, the vice president, the speaker of the house, the Senate, the House of Representatives. Um, we have uh, judges. We have uh, state leaders, local leaders. We have school board leaders. There's all kinds of leaders that we uh, can pray for. So in light of what I've told you about Nero and Claudius, I'm going to read this again. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. So during this time, the Christians were told to pray for people like Claudius and Nero who were killing them. <clears throat> Verse 4, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for many. So do you want agitated, uh, unsettled, life, an agitated, unsettled life in our country, for our countrymen, for our families? Well, the answer is do not pray for your leaders. If you want agitation, vitriol, hatred, unrest in your country, don't pray for your leaders. So you might say, well, scripture tells us to pray for them. What are we supposed to pray for them? Well, I'll give you a few things. There, there's a multitude of things and, and the best thing we can do is be led by scripture and be led by the Holy Spirit on what to pray for different people at, at particular times. First, I would encourage you to pray that they would come to the knowledge of the truth, um, that they would be saved. You know, here in the United States, almost every politician running for office is eager to say that they're a Christian. But that really doesn't mean much if the person isn't really born again, isn't really Christian. And then if they are Christian, if they're not living according to the word of God, you can have someone who says they're Christian, but are very corrupt, uh, very immoral, uh, and is not wise and has uh, bad people around them. And being a Christian does them no good because they're not putting their Christianity into practice. So, uh, what we want to do first is pray that they would be saved. We should pray that the Holy Spirit would draw them unto him, that he would reveal to them God's precious plan of salvation, their sin, uh, how they need a savior. And, um, you know, the foundation for everything is if a person is a Christian, if they know Christ. But, you know, you can have a really good Christian man or woman become president and they do a horrible job because they're not suited for the office. Um, I'm a Christian and I try to live according to the word of God, but I wouldn't make a good president just because I'm a Christian. So we need to pray that the people that uh, get elected into office, they that they would have wisdom, godly wisdom. There are so many decisions to make. So many uh, things that affect us personally every day. So many things that affect our country. So many things that affect the whole world. So we need to pray that our leaders would have wisdom. We need to pray that our leaders would be surrounded by people who are wise and intelligent and experienced. Uh, that they'd have wisdom in all their political and judicial appointments that they make. In, John, in James 3.17, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, 
considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And this is the kind of leaders that we need to have. Leaders that have wisdom from heaven, that's pure, wisdom that's peace-loving, wisdom that's considerate, wisdom that's submissive to the laws of our land, to godly authority, submissive to the word of God, wisdom that's merciful, wisdom that bears good fruit, and good fruit is the souls of men. It's a love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the kinds of fruits that we want our president, our vice president, speaker of the house, our, our representatives, all of our congressmen, senators, um, our, our, those in authority in our school districts and our local, our mayors, our, our, uh, our, uh, County councilmen, we want all of them to have wisdom, God's wisdom. We want them to be full of the fruit of the Spirit and be peacemakers. The next thing that's really good to pray for our leaders is pray that they would have favor. You know, leaders have to deal with all kinds of people from the opposing party to get things done for the good of our country. We need to pray that the leaders would have favor with those that they need to deal with in the opposing political party, their own political party, and they would have favor with those that they deal with in the business sector and with foreign powers. Uh, we just need to pray that they would have favor and grace. Another thing that we can pray for our leaders, that their family members uh, would be protected. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, if a leader has ha is having trouble in their family, um, then they're, then they're going to be distracted uh, from their job. We need to pray for the the family members of our leaders, that they would be protected. We need to pray for their health and their well-being of our leaders. You know, uh, we can't pray that uh, our political leaders would be killed or destroyed. You know, we don't live in Nazi Germany or in Soviet Russia where millions of innocent people are being imprisoned and killed, or were, you know, when that happened. If we don't like our leaders here in the United States, you know, we speak about policy, we get involved, we vote. For real Christians, uh, for real Christians, real honest-to-goodness Christians don't desire the destruction of people. They desire the best for people, and they desire that people would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So praying for the, the leader and their family, that their family would be kept safe, kept safe, healthy, protected, and strong. Um, another thing we can pray for our leaders is that they would be able to resist temptation. The de temptations of a leader must be endless. The temptation of power, influence, wealth, sexual sin, and all kinds of all kinds of crime, uh, dirty dealings, as you might say, are put in front of a leader all the time. You know, I was re watching a news documentary one time that was talking about money in Washington, D.C., and it said that uh, as soon as a person, you know, basically opens his office in Washington, D.C., gets into Congress, you know, they have, they're required to raise money. And they, I mean, they have to raise money, and a lot of times they are able to raise money by promising things to people that they shouldn't be promising so as soon as politicians land in Washington, they have to basically start lying and stealing and cheating. 
So we need to pray that our leaders would be able to resist temptation. Uh, Another thing is we need to pray for them to be peace-loving, peace-loving in their dealings with the United States, with the people of the United States and abroad. We uh, want our leaders to be at peace. We don't want them to be always stirring up trouble and strife and anger and resentment because no good can come of that. We can pray that they would be merciful, honest, and self-controlled. You know, I've given you just a few things to pray uh, for our governing authorities, but there's so many more. Like I said, you know, you can you can look in the in the Bible. You can look uh, look to the Holy Spirit to lead you in praying for them. You know, some of you might think, you know, I would rather die than pray for the well-being or success of our leaders of the opposing political party. But what you're telling, and a lot of people, you can just see that they. That's the way they feel. They'd rather die than pray for somebody that, that they oppose politically. But what you're telling us when you say that is that you're governed by political ideology more than the word of God. And that you, whether you realize it or not, you're part of the decline of the country. And that's very, very hypocritical. Um, let me share some scriptures with you that might help. Um, Matthew five forty three. Matthew five forty three. It says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons, the sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to shine on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Not even the pagans do that. Do not even the pagans do that? I'm sorry. Let me reread that. Verse 47. And if you only greet only your brothers, and if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And what he's talking about there as perfect is walking in love. Walking in love, even with those who persecute you, even with your enemies. And this is Jesus Christ said this. And we're followers of Jesus. Galatians 5.13 and Galatians says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And boy, is that ever a a picture of what's happening in the United States right now. Uh, People are biting and destroying each other, biting and uh, devouring each other. And many of those people say that they're Christians. Romans 13, verse 8. Romans 13, verse 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there are, there may be, are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. In Mark 12, 28, 
Mark 12, 28, it says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And Romans 12, verse 14, Romans 12, verse 14. And this was written by Paul, a man who was severely, severely persecuted, beaten, left for dead, imprisoned, just everything imaginable bad could, that could happen happened to him. Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with each other. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Well, I hope you can see through what I've shared, that praying for our leaders, whether we agree with them or not, whether we are angry with them or not, is an act of love for our country. And uh, for those we love so that we can live a peaceful and a quiet life, it is also an act of obedience to God. So I'm going to read this scripture again to close. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. So God wants all men to be saved. And one of the avenues that, that can happen is through prayer, praying for our leaders, and praying that all men would come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, I hope this has helped you. Um, it's real easy to jump on the bandwagon and and uh, destroy other people with our attitudes and with our mouths and, and with anger and everything else in the political discourse, especially when it comes close, close to election. It seems like everybody gets in a frenzy and it's a free-for-all. Um, one thing that I found really interesting is at one time we went to Abraham Lincoln's presidential library. And they had uh, things there that were written about Abraham Lincoln during the campaign and cartoons about him and stuff. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, it happened all the way back then. All the lies and the, the demonizing people and the perversion and everything happened all the way back. Abraham Lincoln had to go through it. Uh, this happened. Those two leaders that I was talking about, Claudius and Nero, they had it going on um, while they were governing uh, politics is a dirty, nasty, horrible thing, <laughs> but it's essential for governing the country. 
And so I just encourage you to pray for all of our leaders, no matter who they are, that God would help them, God give them wisdom, that we may live peaceable and quiet and happy lives. I hope this has helped you. I just encourage you, if you've never become a Christian, if you've never uh, seen your need for a Savior, I just encourage you to go before the Lord and pray and ask him to show you. You know, uh, uh, most everybody can see that they've sinned. And the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we all need a Savior. We all need a way to take care of that sin problem that we have. In the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, washes us clean for all, from all sins. And when we put our faith and trust in him, all those sins are washed clean and we become a child of God. And we, God says he gives us a new life. He makes a, us a new creation. So I just encourage you to do that today. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week and enjoy the fall weather. Bye-bye. Thank you.